0: Hi, and welcome to Berkshire Hathaway Travel Protection's podcast, BHTP Connections. I'm Kit Kiefer.
1: And I'm Lisa Bellavan, and thanks for joining us again for another month of travel and travel insurance and technology. And fun. And fun. And we've yes. got some fun things to talk about. We're in the middle of summer now. Uh, here where we sit today, it's almost the 4th of July, so we're in the festive holiday spirit
0: as you may be able to tell at points during the podcast. but <laughs> you just got back from Las Vegas and from and from a travel show.
1: Yeah, it was at the Sabre Travel Technology exchange and um, it was great a really. Action-packed week of long days, a lot of learning, a lot of networking, and a little bit of a trade show element involved as well. So, got to get out there and talk to quite a few people, meet some great new agents, and have a little bit of fun too. So, it was a great week, and I'm also very glad to be home. This was a very long week and very tiring.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Judy Garland had it right. There's no place like home. But yes. you know, we were talking off mic prior to going on here, and. Technology is really creeping into travel, and it's Mm -hmm. becoming more a part of the travel experience.
1: Yeah, and it's just something that I feel we need to accept and embrace and quickly, because uh, travel is... you kind of feel like uh, it's exempt from a technology boom, but it's actually quite not. And when you think about transportation and everything from booking to... um, how you interact with travel through technology. I mean, there's never really been a time where I think that uh, the way we travel and the way we consume travel is gonna change quite as dramatically as probably the next five to seven years. So I don't know about your thoughts on that, but we see it in this industry uh, from where we sit. And if travel insurance is changing quickly, you can expect it to creep into just about everything.
0: Well, it already has done some creeping when you look at Berkshire Hathaway Travel Protection. I mean, uh, you you look at the proactive claims and the quick payments and, you know, those are all tech-based innovations. So, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but, you know, we've kind of led the way in Mm -hmm. bringing technology into travel insurance.
1: Yeah, and it's been great to kind of set that standard as well, the the new standard of um, the premier products in the industry. So we like that. We also like to experience it in our travels, too. Like off mic, I was telling you about an experience I had uh, with Delta that was exceptional. And so kudos to our friends at Delta Airlines. Uh, My first flight of the whole day of my first day of travel was canceled, Um, and it notified me through the app. I pressed a few buttons. In a matter of literally like a minute and a half, I'd say, I was rebooked on a new flight. I just had to pick up my bag and walk literally across uh, the tarmac to my new seat of my new flight uh, where they had taken care of my bags, and I even got to keep my upgrade. (laughs) So I was a very happy camper where um, lots of other people who perhaps weren't using the technology proactively either had to run to the help desk or they stayed in line right there and by the time some of them had moved through the line they had um, well first it was delayed three hours and then by the time I had moved (laughs) it was delayed further so I think they ended up canceling it in the end but the, the app fantastic and I couldn't say enough uh, good things about it. I was about 15 minutes delayed on my way to a flight and just about two hours delayed altogether getting into Las Vegas. So. Excellent customer service. You got a fan in me for life. Well done, Delta. Well,
0: and I I see a theme developing here, and that's a tech theme because when you look at our guest for this month, uh, someone who's very savvy in the tech arena Mm -hmm. and a travel agent.
1: That's right. Danielle Harrison was so kind to join us again, and she spoke with Kit because I was uh, (laughs) off-premises, and they had a lovely chat.
0: So we'll we'll get to that in just a minute. But as is our custom here on the podcast, we want to kick things off with a couple of things that are that are going on in the travel space. And uh, so, w- what's on your list here?
1: Well, something that had fallen off my radar, but then I had seen it again, and it really sp- piqued my interest. Is that the total solar eclipse is coming to the U.S. uh, in August, end of August, so we're only like a month and a half away roughly, and so if you haven't made plans to see the total solar eclipse, which Doesn't happen very often, especially in the United States. You got to do it now because hotels, uh, especially train travel to get out west to see it. Um, Apparently, Portland, Oregon is going to be like a really prime spot to check it out, Uh, booking up really fast. So um, if you haven't done your train travel, your air travel, perhaps your hotels do that now. And it's always prime time. August is always prime time for our favorite, Western road trip. Right. <laughs> you can always back up the car. Uh, gas prices are great and take that tent and go check out uh, one of these great things that you don't get to see very often. So. Um, the moon will block out the sun for just a few minutes, so <laughs> you got to get there when you get there. Uh, yeah. From Oregon to South Carolina, you can hop online to get some maps. And um, like we said, Route 66, awesome road trip. Uh, there's a train that runs from Chicago to Portland you're probably familiar with. It's yep. called the Empire Builder. Exactly. Yep. I had not heard of it before, but it sounds just totally awesome. Uh, so that's booking up super fast. So, but something you keep in mind you might drive all the way out to Portland and it could be cloudy and that would be a real bummer.
0: (laughs) Well it is it is Portland after (laughs) all. Right. But we, you mentioned Western road trips. Um, I think our listeners ought to know that that Lisa actually got scarred for life at a fairly young age because <laughs> she was forced to make her Western road trips with her brother uh, in the backseat of a Geo Metro, That's
1: right.
0: which is
1: multiple times.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, to, to paraphrase Dave Barry, it's the only car that was so small it was routinely stolen by squirrels. <laughs> right so
1: yeah so I think that's probably why I don't road trip it too much anymore Uh, (laughs) I had all I could take at a young age but it was always fun and definitely memorable and I will say there's not a lot I remember from being a child but I remember like every day of that trip
0: (laughs) I'm sure you do so you you know the the Fourth of July is tomorrow it's a very patriotic day so when you think of patriotic travel Destinations. What do you think of, and Statue of Liberty not included?
1: I always think of, like, the East Coast uh, where the Civil War took place. I always think of, like, a Gettysburg or Arlington National Cemetery or something of that nature. How about you? Well,
0: I think of national parks. And uh, something that's really cool to keep an eye out for if you're looking to go to a national park and you're looking for a little more distinctive experience besides, you know, driving in the backseat of a Geo Metro, Um, Airbnb has teamed up with the national parks to deliver some very special uh, national park stay experiences. These are places you can stay either in the park proper or very, very close to the park. One of them in Zion, literally, you can walk out and you're in the national park. And they sound fantastic. Mm -hmm. How about camping in an Airstream, vintage Airstream, right on the edge of the Everglades?
1: I would do that.
0: How about uh, luxury camping? right in Olympic National Park with a view of the whole park, You know, you can even see the ocean from there. Just gorgeous. How does that strike you? That
1: sounds perfect. And I think it's so great for travelers who, um, because the lodges and hotels, like, inside the park, they book up so quickly. Um, They're usually fairly expensive because of the high demand. Or you're going to find yourself backpacking or in, like, a little campground, which might not be your style. Right. So now there's, like, a brand new way of traveling if you're into the national parks and you want to do it a little bit more luxuriously or a little bit more family-oriented. Now Airbnb has a solution for you.
0: Yeah, thanks Air- Airbnb. Go ahead and check those out. You can find them on Airbnb. Otherwise, Afar Media, A F A R, did a great story on them. So go check that out at AfarMedia.com. Uh, but and and while you're out there, you know, getting great travel inspiration, come on over and, and check out our blog. It's now at www.bhtp.com. Backslash blog. That's a, that's a imaginative. Did you think of that URL? No, I did <laughs> okay. not.
1: But it's also easy to find from the homepage as well. So <laughs> bhp.com. <Well, that's> <laughs>
0: Um, So without further ado, you know, um, there's a lot of talk about millennials and travel. And in fact, I think next month we're going to have uh, Steve Cohen from MMGY Global, author of the Portrait of the American Traveler study, which uh, just came out and found some really interesting things about millennials and travel. A lot of talk about millennials and travel. One of the top travel agents servicing millennials and a millennial herself is Daniela Harrison.
1: Yeah, so uh, Kit and Daniela sat down to have a nice conversation conversation about what Millennials are doing in travel, and we'll take you to it now.
0: We're back on BHTP Connections with with one of our favorite people and one of our very favorite travel agents, Daniela Harrison from Avenues of the World Travel in Flagstaff, Arizona. How are you, Daniela?
2: Hi, kid. Pleasure to be here. It's always fun.
0: So, hey, it's it's the middle of summer, you know, we're, we're almost July 4th as we're doing this interview, so what's the summer been like travel-wise? Where are people going, you know, where are they headed the rest of the summer, and what kind of trips are they taking?
2: Well, this summer has been a lot of fun for us, uh, planning-wise, and of course, a lot of fun for our clients, and really, where are people going nowadays? Um, the world is becoming smaller and right. smaller. Right. Um, so, I mean, this month alone, we've been having client visit, clients visiting anything from Alaska and our beautiful national parks to uh, the Caribbean, Italy, the Baltics, um, a bunch of river cruises throughout uh, Europe and Africa. Um, we have some ocean cruisers going. Um, Australia has been big, Costa Rica, uh, the British Isles, Croatia, uh, Russia, the Netherlands, Switzerland. They'll just keep going on and on. Um, it's been definitely a really healthy mix of some guided tours, uh, together with customized adventures, some river and ocean cruises. So really, people heading in all directions from here.
0: Now, you piqued my interest when you said river cruises in Africa. Now, are those down the Nile, or where do people go when they river cruise in Africa?
2: You have different options. So if you're looking at Egypt, definitely the Nile, and that's something pretty spectacular. I haven't done it yet myself, but it's high, high, high up on and then, of course, also on the Zambezi River um, at the at Victoria Falls, you can also get on the boat. And it's usually a combination that you do between um, your land safari and then you go on the boat for a few days to see wildlife from the water.
0: That sounds fantastic. And we'll come back to Africa because I want to ask you some more questions about Africa in just a minute here. But first, let's talk Europe. Um, Have your customers changed any of their travel habits uh, regarding Europe in the wake of some of these situations that have gone on uh, through the summer, or uh, have they not? Have they just ventured forth boldly?
2: I'm really glad that you're bringing this up, Kit. Um, As a matter of fact, we have seen some changes to previous years. Uh, While Europe is growing really strong, we have noticed that more clients are looking for high-end suppliers that have established offices in the destination. And Mm -hmm. I think part of that is that travelers feel more secure if they're traveling with a company that has a good name within the destination that they're visiting that has a lot of contacts on the ground because they feel that if something is going wrong, they have key people there to assist. Um, I've also been seeing more requests for um, strong hotel brands um, rather than little mom and pop owned um, accommodations. Uh, lots of private guides, and for some of the main attractions, we've been seeing an increase in VIP access after hours, so when the crowds are gone. Um, and I think all of that kind of goes in with feeling more secure in without the crowds. So uh, everything is very popular. It's just a matter of. Fine tuning how people are traveling. Uh, we've been selling more cruise itineraries this year. So, personally, I've been doing a lot more small ship luxury liners um, to Europe, which which in the past people have been doing it more on foot to really mm-hmm. immerse themselves in the destination. And I think now the cruise lines have started catching on and they added itineraries of more overnights in the ports. Mm-hmm. So, you still have the night out on the town but you have the safety of being on the water. And if something is happening prior to your departure, the cruise lines already have Plan B in place where they can forego certain ports of call and therefore eliminate any risk factor really um, that travelers might feel. So everybody is still going and everybody's excited, but we have noticed that people are trying to do more exclusive, get more exclusive access, and stay with those stronger, more well-known brands that have good content.
0: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned the small boat cruising in Europe, because I was just talking with our founder, John Noel, who just got back from one of these small uh, ship cruise adventures through Europe, and a lot of what you said, he echoed in terms of uh, there were, you know, longer stays in ports of call. Uh, it was a very luxurious experience, it was a safe experience. And uh, for someone who's traveled as much as John has, he found that to be a very wonderful way to see Europe.
2: It truly is, and it kind of takes that that worry factor out people are not as anxious before they go you know we have some some people that are very affluent travelers that go all the time and then have been to Europe many many times and I see that if they're doing a pure self-drive or travel by train um, or a fully customized itinerary they want to go back to an area that they have been to previously because they feel more comfortable that if something goes away they're going to be able to find their way around and be okay on their own rather than exploring a new country, which really is a shame because there's so much support in place to not put you in a situation that you cannot get yourself out of. Right. Um, but that anxious factor is something that can make or ruin a vacation, so um, that's something really important that we've been trying to address properly.
0: Well, and, and Europe obviously is, is very near and dear to your heart. and. Uh, a while back for our blog, you, you wrote a piece on uh, travel in a time of terrorism, and you made some some fantastic points, and, and we can't come back to this enough, so could you just please restate some of the things you said in that blog post?
2: Sure. Um, terrorism, unfortunately, is something that has been and keeps becoming the new norm, and I think one of the big problems is that we hear so much that's going on worldwide, and... The smallest thing is now called terrorism. So for a lot of us, that red flag and that big anxiety factor that we had a couple of years ago when we heard that word, has gone down a little bit. Um, and some others, you know, just keep that heightened sense of not being safe alive, which is really hard. And with travel, it's a personal safety issue. Um, mm-hmm. Myself. I will get on a plane any day or night, any time. If you tell me I'm sending you anywhere in Europe or anywhere else in the world, for that matter, I'll be the right gal. I have my passport on me. Um, But it's something that if you feel personally very, very scared for six months before your vacation and you feel like you're going to be looking over your shoulder at every turn and at every noise out of the ordinary, then you may want to not travel to that region right now because it will ruin your entire trip and that's not what a vacation is all about. Um, I believe that travel is something that will change the world one trip at a time. Um, You're you're forced to engage with the world. You can't hide from Mm. it. And it's something that helps you learn that deep down, you know, everybody's pretty similar and has their own things to deal with and everybody's just trying to get by and enjoy life a little bit as, they can. Mm-hmm. And travel kind of makes those predeceived notions go away that you have about other cultures. Sure. You have to, you know, and what I would like to see for everybody is to please keep traveling. Don't get scared away, but find somebody that can help you feel at ease about it and have you have that experience and see the world for what it really is, because it's beautiful.
0: Well, and as you alluded to previously, you have a lot of resources at your disposal to help travelers feel safe if they want to go to a given destination.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of things that everybody can do. Um, something that everybody should know about, and if they don't, you should look it up. It's called the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, or STEP. It's a free service for U.S. citizens and it's set up by our government for us. Um, It's a place where every traveler can enter their trip information so that embassies and the Department of State knows who is traveling where at what times. You can subscribe for travel alerts and updates. Um, And if there is any issues going on in the countries while you're traveling, the government will have a record of who they still need to get out. So that's something really um, important everybody should know. Um, Another way to kind of help you along is to create a detailed day-by-day itinerary. We do this for every single one of our clients. And it's a list with all the hotel addresses, phone, fax, numbers, email, contacts. um, And have that itinerary not just for the travelers, but also give it to family and friends so that they know where you are um, at different times throughout your vacation.
0: Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Oh, what I was going to say is we're we're going to get into apps in a little bit, but there's there are also some apps that can help you manage all that information as well.
2: Yes, there's a lot of them. Uh, TravelSafe is a really cool one that has um, emergency numbers um, locally for the country you're visiting. So that's a really cool one. There is um, the Companion app that um, allows a family member to track your phone. So as long as your phone is on you in your pocket, they actually can follow you on a live map. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, there's things like uh, different um, uh, itinerary apps. So we use um, Pocket Travel Consultant by Axis. Um, it's something that we give to all our clients. That has your day-by-day itinerary. It has a live messaging feature, so people can stay in touch with me um, throughout their trip, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make sure that while you're um, while you're traveling. Um, sorry, now I lost my train of thought, uh, while you're traveling, uh, you want to make sure that when you're staying at the accommodations that they're vetted and that uh, somebody there speaks English, um, that you have a point of contact if something goes arise So all of those little things can be really cool. And of course, travel insurance is something really big because most policies um, have a 24-7 backup emergency contact with translators and they can open airports that are maybe close to the public. They can mm-hmm. get you out of cities and hotels if need be. So those are things, just some of the basic things that we always discuss with all our travelers before they go.
0: Well, and again, those are reasons to use a travel consultant because you know these things, whereas if you're doing it on your own and you're booking you know, a little pension somewhere in, in France, you may not know if anyone speaks English there if you're doing it yourself.
2: Exactly, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the most important thing to stay safe while you are on the road, um, and this is anywhere, you know, use common sense and trust you that if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. So if you don't actively put yourself into situations where you don't feel comfortable, you have a pretty good chance of being safe.
0: Yeah. Hey, let's come back to Africa for just a second, because I know you you, uh, do a lot of trips to Africa and you're kind of an African specialist. How is Africa as a destination in 2017?
2: I thought you would never get there. <laughs> um, well, as, as you know, kid, um, ever since my first visit to Africa a few years ago, I've been completely fascinated and absolutely in love with the destination. Um, it's such a diverse continent, and it has something for every traveler. Uh, but when we talk about Africa, it's really sp- important to be specific about which reasons of Africa we talk about because it's a pretty big place. (laughs) So like before, when we were talking about river cruises, you know, I was thinking the Zambezi the entire time, and you brought up the Nile, so completely different (laughs) climate people experience, so that's really important. So for most people that go on their first, you know, four to five trips to Africa, they usually stay in pretty well-established, easy-to-travel areas, which Mm -hmm. would be South Africa, East Africa, so Kenya and Tanzania, um, Botswana, and usually on one of those, they do a quick trip to Victoria Falls. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different travel styles, has something for every budget, and um, it's just something that's really well-appetized and well-known for the wildlife. But then when you look at northern Africa, you have like Egypt, Israel, Jordan, Morocco. Those are the areas that are most requested by American travelers. And these are the ones that are still fairly good developed where it's easy to travel around and they have good flight schedules in there. The rest of the country, most Americans won't really touch until they have been to Africa quite a few times (laughs) and feel comfortable going around. Um, A big trend that we've seen from last year that's continuing for Africa overall is to do a combination of like a city visit with some safari and a little bit of a beach stay. So it creates longer trips, Um, usually go like 18 to 21 days. Um, And the biggest thing with Africa that we're looking at overall is availability issues because so many people are going that it's really hard to find space. Uh, on a short-notice schedule. So anything that's less than eight months before a departure, we can have a really hard time finding accommodations.
0: So that kind of leads into my next question, which is, what's it going to take for Africa to really be, you know, a destination that, that people think of when they think of the same way they might think of the Caribbean, or they might think of Europe, or they might even think of, of Asia, you know, Thailand or, you know, some of these, or Indonesia or some of these other destinations?
2: actually really surprising that you phrase the question this way, that Africa is not a top destination yet on the top of people's minds. Um, I think most everybody has it on their bucket list. And I think one of the bad um, notions that people have is that Africa is this trip that you have to wait until you're retired and you have all your savings in place and that's going to be this really crazy expensive trip that's going to cost you, you know, $60,000 for a week to go on safari. And that's just simply not true. Uh, we have a lot of honeymooners going. Um, the exchange rate right now is absolutely in our favor. Yeah. We have great flight schedules. Um, I mean, it's a quick eight-hour flight from London. so. From most anywhere in the U.S., you can get on a nonstop to London and then do a nonstop um, to Cape Town even, all the way down to South Africa, and start exploring from there. Um, You don't barely need any visas anywhere. There's a few countries where you still do, but most of them, as a U.S. citizen, you don't. Um, Immunizations is something that has been stopping people, but honestly, if you're looking at other places like um, Asia and um, the Caribbean or... You know, some of these you need immunizations already, and most of them are the same that you would need for Africa, and they're good for 10 years. So most of my travelers actually were surprised to learn that the only thing they needed to add was malaria medication for their safari portion of the trip, Mm. and they already had everything else in place. So it's really important that, you know, if it's on your bucket list, which it is for most people find a travel professional that will go over your bucket list with you and can advise you on some of these things because there are specials all the time, um, especially in the last three years. Africa has been so cheap. And I have so many people that call me and say, oh, well, we want to do a honeymoon, and we're thinking Caribbean because we think we can afford it. And once we actually look at what they want to do, and I mention to them that they could afford to do Africa, they're beside themselves I'm just like really we can do that I'm like, yeah <laughs> it's actually within your budget and your reach and it's something that is completely different from what you thought and you still can have a nice beach but you have a little bit more to it it gives it more depth so it's I think it's an education matter and some of the tourism offices in Africa have really been trying to go out of their way like South Africa Tourism Board just created all these brand new commercials and videos Mm. that are really hip and fun, and they highlight different interest groups. So some are for extreme adventure, and they're all about the shark diving and the bungee jumping and the rappelling of Table Mountain, and then some other ones are all about food and wine, and you do a bicycle wine safari through the rolling hills of Friendship. Um, some other ones are all about the wildlife where you actually go into, through Kruger and do a safari through there, witness the great migration. So there's truly something for everybody. And I think people are just stuck on a little bit of an old time view that it financially will be out of their reach.
0: Wow. Now, now I want to go to Africa, (laughs) like right now. Um, (laughs) Sorry.
2: That was a lot.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's great. And, and it it's really hard to, to change directions now because, you know, we're, we're in <laughs> Wisconsin and, and this is like the only time of year where it's really temperate, but let's talk fall and winter and, and how those seasons are shaping up right now for travel.
2: Sure. Um, I, for us personally, um, the rest of the year is already pretty busy and I think it's going to stay like that. Um, running into lots and lots of availability issues. Um, a lot of people right now are looking at um, river cruises for the Christmas markets in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a bunch of people taking to the high seas and they're doing some more of the exotic cruises. So instead of um, you know just doing the general South Pacific, they're more focused and they're doing like the Cook Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Zealand is hot, Hawaii is hot always. We have a lot of uh, private villa rentals um, right now, f- especially in Hawaii. Um, And I think some of the hurdles people need to know that if you have not booked your winter holiday getaway yet, there is still time, but it's very limited space. So I would encourage everybody to call their favorite travel advisor.
0: Well, you're one of our favorites, so we would call you. Um, so, so you mentioned some big destinations. You you said uh, Cook Island, so I'm I'm thinking some of the like the Paul Gagan cruises and and some of those cruises yeah. to those kinds of islands. Uh, New Zealand, um, Chris Kindle markets in Europe. Uh, you know anything else that that's really uh, big this this fall and winter? Well,
2: Costa Rica has been huge. Um, and like I mentioned, Hawaii. Um, Africa is actually pretty big. We have a bunch of people going for the holidays. Um, and then something that we have a higher increase this year than we had in the past is fall foliage cruises in the fall mm-hmm. to um, do Canada and New England and do the national parks in that area to see the fall colors. Um, that has been really big. And we ha- actually have a big group going this year that we're escorting um, that's doing a crystal cruise uh, um, from Canada. so. Those are the ones that we've been seeing that are really, really big. Um, yeah, so we're going to keep busy and uh, follow everybody on social media that um, is tagging us away. So we're going to be excited to share some of those impressions from people as they're on the road.
0: That's neat. So, so what are your what are your customers looking to do when they travel? Uh, you know, any any new trends there?
2: This year, and as well as last year, actually, it's all about experiences. Um, for many of them it doesn't really quite matter as much where they're going as long as what they get to do is something behind a locked door with that, um, with that person that was just out of reach to them previously. So that's been really interesting um, for us to work on itineraries because we have to keep coming up with really cool new ideas. That's got to
0: be fun for you. That's got to be a lot of fun.
2: It's so much fun, actually. <laughs> So right now, one of the things I'm working on is a uh, multi-generational family trip to Italy, and they want to do the um, Florence region, and I found a new contact for them that's able to get them into the academia to see the David after closing hours. Wow. So it cost a fortune and a half, but there's, you know, it's a big family, it's actually the cost is not as bad. But they get to go in after is out. There will be nobody but them in the museum. Oh, wow. Um, they have to keep all the security staff and whatnot, you know, on detail for extra hours. That's why it's expensive. But mm-hmm. the experience to go up there and have nobody stand in front of you at the David and, you know, have like three solid hours in there to experience the whole museum on your own with your own guide that you can ask questions and you can go back and forth. That's going to be so incredible for them, I'm so
0: excited. <laughs> that's amazing, that, that's just great. Um, so, so what should travelers be booking right now?
2: Um, well, let's see, so right now, um, let's narrow it down by continent, I guess. Sure. <laughs> because that's really hard. Um, a really good value for, uh, right now is one of my favorites, Croatia. Um, I've slowly becoming obsessed with Sri Lanka, and that just made it up to my must-visit-in-the-next-two-years list. Um, and Mongolia seems pretty interesting, because these are places that people always talk about, but not a lot of people are actually going. Right. So that would be something really um, really new and unusual. Um, Cook Islands have peaked up over Tahiti, because, again, it's something that sounds a little bit more foreign, and not as many people are going. Um and in fact, I actually just put a group together that I will, will be leading myself and Paul again uh, next November of 2018, and we're going to focus on the Cook Islands, so that will be really oh. exciting. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for 2018, everything is open until the end of the year. For mm-hmm. a lot of the cruise lines, we're already booking into spring of 2019. Um, wow. So anybody that's looking for that awesome deal and um, cash in on early booking discounts, now is the time to really plan ahead. Yeah. Um, a year, year and a half out would be really good. And um, anybody that's working on destination weddings or honeymoons, um, anytime between now and July of next year, you can no longer wait. They really need to start booking and getting their um, preferred wedding dates secured because otherwise they're going to be full.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned a couple of of new destinations, you know, Mongolia, Cook Islands, Croatia, uh, Sri Lanka. So what's your new favorite destination?
2: It's so hard. Yeah, that's right, (laughs) right. It's really hard. Um, I think the favorite that I've been to recently, like I said, Croatia, definitely um, a must. And it's kind of been off my radar previously, um, but I went last fall. And I had such a good time. We did mountain biking and kayaking. We visited all these World Heritage sites. The snorkeling there is amazing. We saw dolphins, and it had some of the cleanest water I've encountered anywhere in the met. So that alone just set it over the top. And with the current exchange rate, it's a really good deal. We have a lot. Of, I have a lot of people that I'm sending to summer actually, um, and then. Um, for anybody that's into animals and culture, um, Sri Lanka is definitely something that has um, becoming more interest. And I think there was an article in Travel and Leisure um, a couple of months ago that kind of started people asking about it. Mm-hmm. And so the more and more I research and learn about it, I'm like, oh my god, this place is so much cooler than I thought. <laughs> and it's something you can you can really you know make a full destination and spend a month anywhere between a week to a month. Wow. Just, you know alone and you will not be bored it just looks absolutely amazing um yeah so i think would say those are the big new hot ones yeah. and um anybody that's looking for stuff off the beaten path you know challenge your um travel advisors and say hey i want to do something you know crazy cool new adventurous and see what they can come up with we have a lot of uh, places on our list <laughs>
0: A whole world full of places.
2: A whole world.
0: <laughs> One of the things our listeners may not know about Daniela is that she's, she's done a lot of, first of all, she blogs a lot, uh, both for us and, and on her own. And uh, she's really savvy when it comes to travel apps. And so you mentioned a couple of travel apps. Uh, you know, any other new travel apps out there that, that have kind of uh, caught your fancy that you'd like to talk about?
2: Yeah, I actually just read about a really cool one. I have not used it myself yet, but I started doing a lot of research on it. Um, Travel Anticia, um actually wrote about it before me, so I'm totally crediting them back. But it's called the um, Hotel Tonight app. Mm-hmm. And what I find very intriguing about it is you install it on your phone. It has a 24-7 live person on the other end that you can um, do a chat with through your phone. And the app is set in place in case your flight gets delayed or canceled or your airbnb falls through or um your first flight was delayed and you're missing your connection and you need a hotel right then that night in a strange city and you don't know your way around um and that's where the app comes in you can it gives you a listing of available rooms and you can book it right on the spot and it's all last minute deals so you actually can get um pretty low rate because it's a room that the hotel kind of already made peace with, not having filled yeah. that night. Um, and it takes, supposedly it takes you less than 10 seconds to book the app once you have it set up on your phone. And yeah. I believe it runs on the um, Uber model where you already have your credit card preloaded and all you do is go through and say this hotel now and it books it. Yeah. So it um, sounds like something pretty awesome and handy to have with you
0: and I've used it and I can vouch for it uh, I can vouch have, for everything okay. she says yeah so it, it is very slick
2: awesome so uh, and I'm glad I picked this one because I didn't get to play with it yet myself <laughs> um, and then of course um, any uh, special messaging apps that help you stay in touch with family and friends are always um, a good good ones to have yep. and Honestly, there's so many new ones out there, but I'm kind of old school when it comes to the messaging apps. I want the ones that are well established and work good. Yeah. So I'm still a big fan of um, Viber, Um, WhatsApp is really good, and of course, the messaging features of Facebook are getting better and better. You can make the phone calls now, so all of those are really good to have on you.
0: And like you said, they're stable and you, you know they're going to work all over the world.
2: Exactly, plus most people that you know probably already have them on your phone, so that makes it a
0: lot easier. <laughs> it sure does. Well, Daniela, as always, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Um, folks, if, if you're looking for a travel professional, uh, Daniela Harrison, Avenues of the World Travel, Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, give her a call, send her an email. She's fantastic. Um, always appreciate the time and, and uh, enjoy, enjoy the summer travel season.
2: Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure, as always, and wishing you a wonderful summer.
1: So thank you, Kit. Thank you, Daniela. That was great, and I really enjoyed listening to you guys, as always, and sorry I couldn't be there.
0: (laughs) Well, and as I I tell lots of people, you know, you meet there's there's so many great travel agents out there, but when you talk to Daniela, it's like you want to go on these place uh, on these kinds of expeditions that she's she's booking. You know where she does a private showing of Michelangelo's David for a family. Mm-hmm. You know how cool is that?
1: And if you'd like to get in touch with Daniela for your next trip, you can find her at.
0: Uh, she's at Avenues of the World Travel, and I believe the URL uh, is www.avenuesoftheworld.com. Um, So, yeah, be sure and check out Daniela. Hey, you you know, we we talk about the U.S. right now and its patriotic travel and so forth, but right now something else is going on that is definitely on my bucket list. You you know what that is?
1: Uh, There's a few things. I could say the Canadian. Well, yeah. I thought that's what you were going to (laughs) say.
0: Happy Canada Day, y'all. You (laughs) just uh, missed it. Yeah, you just missed it. It was was pretty cool. Uh, But actually it's Wimbledon.
1: Oh, yes. It is the season for some tennis.
0: <laughs> and some strawberries and cream and some <laughs> yeah. pimps and fruit and everything that goes with Wimbledon. And, uh, you know, Wimbledon is one of those destinations and events that is surprisingly accessible and open to people. And I had not realized just the extent that it is until I started doing some research mm-hmm. on it.
1: Are you going to go next year?
0: Well, maybe, okay. um, like, because here's the thing, not all the tickets are sold in advance. You can walk up, get in line, and get a, a really good seat for the Wimbledon matches on the day of the match, which is <laughs> so unlike so many other sporting yep. events.
1: Not only that, but they have a stellar museum there that you can go and like. They have a lot of events in conjunction with Wimbledon too, so it's not just showing up for tennis. You can actually make a whole tennis-themed vacation.
0: <laughs> which, which I would definitely do. You know, now now the question is getting the other people in my life to think that <laughs> tennis is a suitable theme for a vacation, right? You know that, you know. One obstacle has been overcome, and that is actually getting into Wimbledon. Now it's actually convincing people that going to Wimbledon is a good right. idea. To, Well, do you have any, like, sporting events that you would love to see that are kind of on on your list? Well,
1: always the Olympics. I mean, ever since I was a young child, I said, oh, you know, someday on my bucket list, I'm going to go to the Olympics. So um, maybe when my son gets a little older, we'll do that. Um, You
0: know, they're coming back to Tokyo.
1: That would be very cool. And I know, I think it's South Korea is the next Winter Olympics. Correct, And my son is very unlike me, and he's more into the Winter Olympics. But... I could, I could acquiesce to that. <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully that's uh, coming up in the next few years or so. I've always wanted to visit a Bundesliga soccer game, sure. which I did with him a couple years back. So I did cross that off at the Berlin Olympic Stadium, which was way cool, and kind of got to check out the stadium first and uh, have, have a beer and a pretzel and <laughs> do the proverbial German soccer game, and that was really great. How about you?
0: Well, uh, beyond that, so I've, I've been on the field at Wembley Stadium. You know, I've had a lot of sporting experience. I've thrown out the first pitch at a Milwaukee Brewers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the, the more common, you know, obviously I've been to Lambeau Field and been, been to a Super Bowl and, and been to a lot of those events. So a lot of the, the ones that a lot of American travelers have on their list, I've checked off. But, you know, now I really want to move that next yeah, level and get got to go international now. <laughs> well, you know, I have a sweater vest. <laughs> So I really need to go to Wimbledon.
1: Yeah. And like, what are some, like you were talking about strawberries and cream and fruit. Yeah. Is that a Wimbledon tradition? I'm not aware of
0: it. Absolutely, oh. there's There are a couple of Wimbledon traditions that, well, okay. First of all, because it's British, it comes with, with a whole kit of traditions right and one of them is eating strawberries and cream and I forget the immense number of strawberries they go through but they go through a tremendous amount of uh, strawberries and then the other thing is having a Pims and fruit and Pims is this kind of herbal liqueur that's mixed with lemonade and mixed with fruit and it's it's very refreshing (laughs) yeah Um, you know several Pims and every shots in (laughs) (laughs) that's how that goes but uh, Wimbledon is is full of traditions and it's just a beautiful place like you said it's it's a wonderful place to watch some tennis matches and they play on grass which mm-hmm. I think is so cool and and one of these days in my life I'm going to actually play tennis on grass <laughs> besides my backyard.
1: Well, I'm going to check in with you in a little while make sure you book your tickets so that's <laughs> ahead of time <laughs>
0: So we mentioned Steve Cohen uh, from MMGY coming next time. Anything else on your agenda oh for, for the next month or so? You headed any exotic places?
1: No, actually I'm not. Uh, I had some trips planned uh, for work, not for pleasure, that I don't have to attend anymore, so I'm really kind of stoked to just be at home for a while. <laughs> um, and then our next trip uh, professionally will be to Asheville, North Carolina, in September, and then uh, for pleasure? I'm not sure yet. We'll have to think that one through.
0: Well, I'm, I'm headed to the world's largest music festival for the next couple of days. uh, And it's Summerfest in Milwaukee and one of the nice things about it is that you don't have to wade waist deep in mud. You know, a lot of the things that go along with music festivals, you don't find at Summerfest. It's a very civilized way to enjoy some fantastic music.
1: And we talked at length about it in the office today. I had no idea and I think all of us who hadn't been before now have it on their bucket list. So we'll talk about that when you get back to you.
0: (laughs) We sure will. So until well then, uh, I'm Kit Kiefer. And I'm Lisa Delvin. And this is BHTP Connections. Thanks for listening.